0: Good morning. I'm Brandon Bresner. Uh, my wife, Susan, my daughter, Sophie, and my son, Pete, have been going here now for almost 14 years, and we are proud to be Covenant members here. Um, today's scripture reading is from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 1 through 11 in the Christian Standard Bible. Let's hear God's word. These verses cover the diversity of spiritual gifts. Verse 12, verse 12 starts off, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. A manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the performing of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between Spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of those tongues. One and the same spirit is active in all of these, distributing to each person as he wills. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, Brandon.
1: If you have a Bible, uh, open it up to uh, to that passage, and uh, that's the one we'll be looking at today. If you don't have a good Bible, get one at Guest Connections, and let that be our gift to you the church is at its healthiest and most effective when every member of the body is engaged in doing their part and personally owning and sharing the ministry and mission of bringing glory to God by making disciples of Jesus who live 3D together, living devoted to Jesus, dedicated to one another, and driven to reach people together. The head of the church is Jesus Christ. His people Those who trust in Jesus and confess Him as Lord are His body. And in the coming verses, both today and in the next few weeks, Paul is laying out to the Corinthians, let alone any local church, since a vision of what it looks like for the church to function, function and minister as one. Our triune, eternal God, Father, Son, Spirit are one. There is equality and diversity in the Trinity, And subsequently, there is equality and diversity in the body. And in today's passage, there are different spiritual gifts, but the same God who is the giver of those gifts. The Corinthians, as as we have seen, which we can relate to in our culture, are prone to be fiercely independent of one another, prone to division and rivalry, and I'm better than you, and here's why, and it's a works-based thinking. And here in chapters 11 through 14 of this letter, Paul, in many ways, is contrasting self-exalting living and loving, contrasting that with Savior-exalting living and loving in the church family. Last week, we read about how the Corinthians were putting value judgments on people due to their, their socioeconomic class. Well, today, in the coming verses, the Corinthians are prone to put value judgments on who has what spiritual gift. The Corinthians are a people drawn to outward charisma, power, skill, eloquence. So in the coming chapters, you'll see Paul working to level the playing field, reminding the church it's not JV versus varsity. It's, it's rather all are gifted, all are needed. It's our triune eternal God who is both empowering and getting the glory as a result. Because when our Savior Jesus is at the center, when the body rightly sees Him as the head and worships and depends upon Him, the body and its ministry, it flourishes. It flourishes in the Lord, it grows for His glory. So, verses 1 through 3 again. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you used to be enticed and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one one speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus is cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Paul's desire is to see the church grow in their awareness of spiritual gifts and how the Lord has called and equipped them to serve in the kingdom. Sadly, but not surprisingly, spiritual gifts is a subject of doctrine that is often debated among Bible-believing Christ followers. On our website, we have what's called a statement of convictions that deals with these secondary matters of doctrine that are often debated, trying to give an understanding of how these our convictions around these areas will shape our ministry here. So early on in this message, I want to read you the paragraph that we have on spiritual gifts. Crosspoint believes that all the gifts of the spirit continue to this day until the perfect one, Jesus comes again. We believe that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the universal spiritual experience of all true believers, not a post-conversion experience that is evidenced by what some refer to as sign gifts. Spiritual gifts are special abilities given by the Holy Spirit to each believer as he determines enabling the believer to participate effectively in the church's ministry. Properly exercised and received by the body, every gift brings honor to Jesus Christ. It produces unity, Develops spiritual maturity within the body and helps to complete the mission of the church. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others and for the common good. Concerning the sign gifts, we discourage any insinuation that these gifts indicate special spiritual attainment and/or superiority. We believe the practice of spiritual gifts is to be done in a fitting and orderly way. We do not regard the practice of sign gifts in any of our ministry gatherings, such as Sunday worship, as necessary. For the health and mission of the church. Nor do we believe that the public exercise of these gifts must occur for the spiritual growth of the individual or as validation of a person's salvation. On the spectrum of convictions as it relates to gifts, two words get talked about. Cessationists and continuationists. Cessationists would believe that the miraculous gifts have have ceased, thus the name. Continuationists, which is where we fall as a church, would believe that the miraculous gifts continue until the perfect one, Jesus, returns for his people. Believers with a cessationist understanding of gifts, which might be some of you, are still brothers and sisters in Christ. The subject of spiritual gifts is a secondary doctrine, meaning we might differ on convictions, but it will not break our fellowship. And it will not break our linking of arms in the global and local mission to make disciples, which is the mission that we've been called to for such a time as this. Eschatology and end times would be another area we're not going to break fellowship over. That's silly. That's this whole letter Corinthians is talking about. Don't divide over these, these secondary matters of these earthly things. The gospel is, is what is First importance, according to uh, chapter 15 in the same letter, which I think is fitting that it's toward the end of this letter and after all the subjects that Paul has covered, he reminds them the gospel is of first importance because its unchanging truth is what is primary. Our statement of beliefs on our website would be what we consider primary or central to Orthodox, this is what we all agree upon. So, regarding the spectrum of beliefs on spiritual gifts, we're going to avoid unbiblical extremes. So, for instance, we don't want to fall into the trap of ignoring the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. We don't want to wrongly think that our supernatural God is limited in any way to work out His sovereign plans and purposes in this world. We also want to avoid questioning someone's salvation in Christ, for instance, if they don't speak in tongues, which isn't present in my life. Many of yours, I would assume or wrongly thinking that you don't have the Spirit of God if you don't give evidence of it in that way. We misunderstand the subject of spiritual gifts if we assume that they're primarily miraculous or awe-inspiring and outward presentation. In the Corinthians, they're prone to devalue the -the behind-the-scenes, the seemingly mundane ministry of the body of Christ. And in doing so, they're missing the beauty of the Lord, using diverse gifts for the building up of his church. So Paul's goal is our goal in this section of the letter, to grow in our awareness and understanding so the body of Christ might be built up and strengthened. Early in these verses, Paul's reminding the Corinthians of their pagan, idolatrous BC before Christ days of living and how, and at the same time, he's contrasting that with their new life in Christ that confesses Jesus as Lord. Corinthians, remember those dead, lifeless, deaf and mute idols that you used to give your life to how they used to lead your life how how you were opposed to jesus cursing him disregarding him rejecting him well now thanks be to the power of the holy spirit in your life you're confessing jesus as lord which is this really succinct statement of faith are you confessing jesus is lord of your life i pray you are It's only the Spirit's work in us that would cause us to go from idolatry, thinking Jesus is cursed, to repenting, turning around, confessing Jesus as Lord. It's only the Spirit's work. And Paul wants to give the Corinthians this contrast to help them think about gifts. With idols, you were lacking. But with the Spirit of God, Corinthians, you're not lacking. We serve and worship one true God who is the giver of all gifts and whose gifts all point in one direction toward Jesus as Lord. Jesus said in John John 15, 26, that the Spirit of God will testify to Him. Idols were intent on deceiving, leading astray from Jesus, and they can't be trusted. The Spirit of God is intent on leading you to truth, leading you toward Jesus, and can be trusted at all times and all ways. So as we think about spiritual gifts... And growing in our awareness of them, we must see at the outset that they will exalt Jesus as Lord alone. They will never exalt an idol, they will never exalt a human person, even the person with that spiritual gift. Our triune God is one, and so the Spirit will never lead his people away from Jesus, but actually toward Jesus. Verses seven or four through seven. Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord, and there are different activities, but the same God works all of them in each person. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Different, but the same, repeated three times over. Different, but the same is what the Trinity is. And Paul refers to the Trinity there Spirit, Lord Jesus, and then God the Father in verse 6. The Father sends the Son, the Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit gives life and gifts to the people of God. So in the different gifts that the Spirit gives, there is unity in them just as there is unity in our triune God. D.A. Carson and others talk about how spiritual gifts can also be translated as grace gifts, meaning they are not on top of or better than or separated from grace, but they are manifestations of God's grace to His people. They're given in nature, not earned or achieved or worked into, but given by grace. Now, we struggle to understand the nature of grace and gifts because we are a culture of achievement, a culture of if you're going to receive something, then you must work for it. For instance, the idea of Santa you've been good, you get good gifts. A company bonus you've been good, we've been good, so here's a gift. In May, you've graduated. You've accomplished something, achieved something. So here's a gift. Those are good gifts, but they're attached to achievement. A spiritual gift is not connected to achievement. They are grace gifts. Could you imagine if we could earn them? What a nightmare that would be, trying to live alongside one another of this self-exalting service within the church. And yet that's exactly what the Corinthians are falling into. Turning the church into an absolute mess because they've misunderstood them to be achievement gifts rather than grace gifts. Stephen Um writes, Gifts are not worked up to but lived into. They're not things one earns but things that one is. And because they're grace gifts, then they're intended to bring glory to the giver of the gifts. Same spirit, same Lord, Same God. Verse 7 again, a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. If you're asking, well, I confess Jesus as Lord, so am I gifted? Well, what does verse 7 tell us? Yes, yes, given to each person, each believer. So if you're not using your Spirit-empowered gift or gifts in the church, then you're depriving the body. The body's not functioning or flourishing as well as it could or should. It's no different than a human body when when some system or part or limb is not functioning like like it should. A handful of years ago, my dad was diagnosed with macular degeneration in his eyes. So the functioning of his eyes has decreased over the years, and eventually it will take his eyesight. So obviously, his ability to operate in life has declined. He was a great woodworker, he cannot see the stinking tape measure now. He cannot be able to see the detail of that. He shouldn't be anywhere near a saw. And if you know my dad, he wouldn't be near one at this point. But his eyes are depriving him, depriving the health of the body. Brothers and sisters, we've been given a gift not to sit on or hide it away, but use it. For what reason? According to verse 7, for what reason? For the common good, the building up, the strengthening, the flourishing of the church. So grace gifts are not given to exalt self, but our Savior. And when we use them in that way, it will result in the good of those around us, good for the body, good for the church, the collective people. John Piper says, A spiritual gift is an expression of faith that aims to strengthen faith, aims to produce faith in another Person. So may our aim be outward in that way. Verses 8 through 11, Paul lists out some examples of grace gifts. To one is given a message of wisdom through the Spirit, to another, a message of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another, the performing of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues to another, interpretation of tongues. One and the same Spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. An incredible variety of gifts. Lists of spiritual gifts are given to uh, us in the Scriptures, in Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, Ephesians 4, as well as this passage. And while there are some repeats in those lists, none of them are identical to one another, nor in any list do we see an altogether a comprehensive, exhaustive list. Scholars believe it's very reasonable to assume that there are spiritual, spiritual gifts that extend beyond the list that we find in Scripture. What we get here and in other places in the New Testament are examples of grace gifts that reveal the diversity, the creativity, the power of the eternal God who is the giver. And so here he gives us nine examples of gifts. We'll quickly go through them to get us a better sense of what they mean. The first one, wisdom through the Spirit, meaning the ability to speak forth the wisdom of God, especially in an important situation, the the ability to give godly guidance for the dealing with challenging circumstances. Knowledge by the same Spirit, meaning the ability to declare knowledge that could only be revealed supernaturally. Knowledge that would exalt Jesus as Lord, align with the Word of God, and be for the common good of the body. Faith by the same Spirit, meaning the ability to trust God in all circumstances, believing that God is able to do more than we can ask for or imagine, a confidence in the power and presence of our God. Gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Notice it's plural in nature, meaning not just physical healings, but emotional healings and spiritual ones, and such a gift points forward to, where, as we are in the already not yet season of the history of humanity, the gifts of healing point us forward to one day, the complete resurrection where all things are new, including our bodies. So goodbye, ibuprofen, hello, new body, new joints, new ligaments. Performing miracles, meaning acts of power where the brother or sister serves as a channel for our miracle-working God to move. This gift often operates in conjunction with the gift of faith. Prophecy, meaning the telling forth of God's message in a particular situation, a proclamation of revelation received from the Lord, the communication of a message given by God as a response to and tailored to the special needs or the issues of those gathered intended for the edification, the encouragement of the people. I can point to, at different times in my life, the Lord using prophecy to to strengthen my faith in the Lord as an aim to strengthen my faith. I'll give you one. In late summer, early fall of 2020, I had a brother connected to another church Uh, that I've gotten to know a little bit. I see him probably two or three times a year. And we were together and he said, I I believe I have a word from the Lord for for you. Okay? And it was, um, the people trust you. And as you lead, they will follow. And that was in a season of pastoral ministry where I thought, there isn't a person in the church that wants to listen to what I have to say. All they want to do is listen to this person or that person in the world, in the midst of all the things of 2020. It was a timely message from the Lord that strengthened my pastoral heart and hands. It kept me in the game. And it wasn't a, thesis. It was a couple sentences. And it wasn't, you got this, which is terrible counsel. (laughs) It was, he's got this. Like on first glance you might think the person was trying to strengthen faith in Dave. No. It was, Jesus is head of the church. He's chief and good shepherd. Follow him. Trust in Him. The Lord will take care of His church. Distinguishing between spirits. Some translations call it discerning, meaning the ability to tell the difference between true and false doctrine and what is of the spirit, what is not, and what is pointing to Jesus as Lord versus pointing to what is Jesus is cursed. This gift often operates with prophecy, helping to evaluate the origin or intent of the message. This gift helps us live out Paul's words in 1 Thessalonians 5 when we're told to not despise prophecy but test all things and hold on to what is good. Different kinds of tongues. It was controversial then. It's controversial in some circles now. I don't think it's a coincidence that Paul listed toward the end of this letter reminding the church of the, the, the equality of the gifts because the Corinthians were prone to put an inordinate value upon tongues. So tongues meaning a personal language of prayer given by God whereby the, the believer can communicate with God beyond the limits of understanding through unlearned languages. Tongues is a gift more about the devotional life of the believer and less about the public gatherings of the believer. Paul will talk about this more in chapter 14. We'll look at that in, I believe, it's three or four weeks. But he, uh, he preferred that people speak in languages when they were gathered in languages that were understood by those that had gathered. Interpretation of tongues, this gift is always to be associated with tongues when it's practiced in the corporate life of the church. The interpretation gift allows the gift of tongues to be a benefit or for the common good of those gathered as we hear and agree with what the Lord is, being, what the Lord is, being, uh, is saying. Timothy Keller talks about the categories of spiritual gifts, which in my brain helps me organize them a little bit. And there's no perfect grouping of gifts. In our Western minds, we want to systematize everything. So, but this was helpful as I think about the same God working through a diverse people for the common good of the body. But Keller puts grace gifts into three categories, prophet, priest, king, three offices or roles that were in the New Testament that Jesus has fulfilled perfectly in his coming that we as, as the body of Christ are to reflect as his body prophet priest king so prophetic gifts our abilities based on understanding and articulating truth so wisdom knowledge prophecy tongues interpretation distinguishing between spirits teaching speaking evangelism these are grace gifts that are often public in nature and yet as we've seen they're not more valuable than the others priestly gifts They are abilities based on understanding and supplying basic needs. Gifts such as encouragement, exhortation, pastoring, serving, sharing, mercy, helping, healing, and working miracles, and then kingly gifts. These are abilities based on understanding direction and the group needs. Gifts such as faith or apostle or church planter, missionary, leadership, administration, The longer I go in being part of a local church, the more I'm grateful for the various gifts, grace gifts the Lord has used in his body for the strengthening of his church. Verse 11 again, one and the same spirit is active in all these, distributing to each person as he wills. So after giving a list of different gifts that the church is already aware of, they're already seen in their midst, Paul comes back to the truth, same spirit active in all of it. From what is seen to what is unseen, to what takes place in Sunday gatherings, to what takes place in homes and as a way of life, the other six days, he wants their focus to be less on what gift do I have and more about the giver of the gifts. That he's empowered all and all are called to use their gifts for the common good. In a Corinthian church family that is prone to division and rivalry, and well, you're in the minor leagues. I'm in the major leagues. Well, I'm Hall of Fame status. Well, I'm first ballot Hall of Fame status. This is what is happening in this church. Paul is leveling the playing field, turning their eyes away from themselves and on to Jesus, and in doing so, uniting the body for the common good, for the common Jesus-empowered, Jesus-commissioned, spirit-empowered global commission. The Spirit is alive and active, and the Spirit will distribute His grace gifts according to His will, not according to the striving or the achieving will of man. And the Spirit's goal is never to confuse, but clearly point to Jesus, to build up His body for the local and global mission. One question you might be asking is, so how do I determine what my spiritual gift, or gifts are? Well, as one scholar says, they're not traced in a laboratory like DNA. And any sort of spiritual gifts assessment, it's not necessarily bad, but it's incomplete. Because the list of grace gifts in the New Testament are representative, but probably not exhaustive. So we tend to Henry Ford the thing. We want to turn it into, where do I fit on the line? What widget do I make? And then wrongly think, well, this is the only thing I do in the kingdom. This is my one thing I do. Or we get stuck as if we need some assessment to tell us what our gift is before we ever move in faith. So the question of what gifts or gifts we have is not necessarily a bad question, but a better question is, how can I serve the body? How has the Lord empowered me for the common good? Here's some counsel from Pastor Juan Sanchez, which I wholeheartedly agree with his counsel here. I found it practically helpful. So five encouragements for some next steps. First, find out what help the body needs. Talk to your community group members. Talk to your community group leader. What are the needs they're facing? What are the needs in the larger faith family? Talk to leaders. Begin to discern yourselves. What are the gaps or needs that you're seeing among life together as brothers and sisters? Where's the Lord at work and how can you join Him in that work? Once you begin to get a sense of what those potential needs are, and as you're trying to get a sense of those needs, pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would raise up laborers for his harvest. Because Luke 10, Jesus makes it clear, the harvest is abundant. It's plentiful. Laborers are few. So raise up laborers, Lord. Pray for leaders in the church. Pray for those around you that we collectively would be a people who would respond to that harvest call and walk by faith. Ask the Lord if and how He's calling you to serve in in one of these areas. Thirdly, ask yourself, what do I enjoy doing? If the Spirit has gifted us and for growing grace, then we'll, we'll enjoy serving the Lord and the body with a particular gift or gifts that He has given to us. Now, there may be areas of need that you may not be thrilled with, but they may be important needs. Years ago, at a previous church, Heather was organizing VBS. She was recruiting volunteers, and one person said, well, I don't have the spiritual gift for nursery. That's not a spiritual gift. (laughs) We don't have to over-spiritualize things. We can simply just say, I don't really want to serve in the nursery. That's a good sentence. It suffices. (laughs) We don't have to somehow, well, it's not in my assessment here. No, I don't want to serve there, and that's okay. Okay. Maybe something you do during the week, a lot, and you think, I don't want to do that on the weekends. Well, maybe one reason you do a lot of it during the week is because you're gifted at it. And maybe the church would be strengthened by you using that gift in, if it's the gathering or just as a way of life. What do you enjoy doing? What are you good at? What will you gladly make time for? What need in the body would be expressed that you'd be like Isaiah saying, here I am, send me, send me, send me. I'll, I'll do that one, I'll do that. Seek godly counsel is the next step or next encouragement. Seek godly counsel from community group members, from leaders, from brothers and sisters who know you and know your way of life and have seen you and hear your heart, who observe your, your way of life and whose counsel you will welcome. They'll be a valuable asset to confirm or deny or, yeah, I think that's or, "Eh, I don't know about that. Get godly counsel around you. Listen to them. Let them ask good questions. Fifth and finally, serve. Serve. Don't just sit there. Do something. We don't have to wait until we have discovered our gifts to serve. I believe spiritual gifts are best discerned and discovered as we go rather than as we sit. The church is alive and active. As we are serving, you, you may discover that, yeah, I really enjoy this, or I really don't enjoy this, but that's all part of that discernment process as we pray and as we walk by faith. As together we seek to, to serve in a way that would make much of Jesus and lead to the common good of the body, and don't reduce serving to simply formal or programmatic ministry that happens here in this building. If so, you've you've completely missed the complete picture of how the body of Christ is supposed to operate and function. Yes, it happens when we are gathered. Yes, it happens at this property. But it happens as a way of life. In workplaces, in neighborhoods, in homes, in schools. The church is alive and active both here and outside this place. Ministry to one another is needed. in all the days of the week, It happens when we gather and when we go. All believers are gifted. None of us individually have all the gifts. So knowing those two things means that we are dependent upon spirit and dependent upon one another. We need the Lord. We need one another. And by His glorious grace together, we have have been empowered for ministry and mission. Knowing it is by grace alone, it removes pride in us that wants to exalt ourselves and say, wow, look at how great I am. It also removes our fear of being inadequate, which I think is probably more your heart and my heart, where we think, I don't know if I could be used. You're doubting the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead. Ephesians 2.10, we have been saved by grace and saved to a life. We are his workmanship, His craftsmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which He has prepared in advance for us to do. So we, our role is to walk in Him. Our role is to move. The grace gifts turn our focus away from ourselves and onto the Lord, onto His purposes. It causes us to prayerfully and humbly link arms with one another as we plant, as we water in His kingdom, for He will cause the growth. And Father, thank You for loving us so greatly and sending your son, Jesus, thank you for your life, death, and resurrection. Sending the Spirit, Holy Spirit, thank you for bringing our dead bones to life. For empowering our lives with resurrection power. Help us to serve for the benefit of others and the building of your kingdom. Thank you for how you so creatively and sovereignly have brought your diverse family together. How you've put us together to be your hands and feet on this earth. Thank you that a manifestation of the Spirit is given to each person for the common good. Jesus, you are the Lord. Lord of our lives, Lord of this church, it's your body, and we are your people. Enable us to grow into maturity into you, the head, for it is from you, according to Ephesians 4, that the whole body, fitted and knit together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body, for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part we serve you, Jesus, and we serve you by your, by your grace and power alone. We pray this in your name. Amen. Peter writes this in chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another. Since love covers a multitude of sins, be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the very grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen.